This is the Rebel Scum Podcast. Available in video on YouTube and audio wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every week, Brock and James talk the latest rumors, news, and theories from a galaxy far, far away. Support us on Patreon for exclusive offers and join the Star Wars discussion. Patreon.com slash Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brock and James. You're always scum. Rebel scum. Hi, I'm Brock Smeek. Wait, what? You've changed. I have changed. I'm a lot shorter, I'm no longer married, and I live in a different house. <laughs> wow, Brock. I hope Brock finds out about that. <laughs> you know, identity theft is not a joke. No, we laugh, but <laughs> millions every day fall victim to identity theft. That's why, let's clear the air right now. I'm not Brock's me. I'm Andrew Fantasia. I'm also, though, Yaddle. Yaddle making, okay, so Yaddle, okay, let's go, I'm James, okay, let's go right into this Yaddle thing. This is not what we're supposed to talk about, but we're going to talk about Yaddle because you brought it up. I haven't seen Tales of the Jedi as of yet. It's Wednesday, Andor and Tales just dropped. I, I, I will watch it eventually, but I haven't seen it as of this recording. Have you had a chance to watch Tales of the Jedi? I watched three episodes. They're pretty short, so I know you're going to like them. You're going to zip through them pretty quick. Brock said um, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We know you too well. They are, I think the longest one was like 17 minutes. So they're shorter than a Clone Wars episode. Um, lots of Dooku in what I saw. Uh, no Yaddle yet, though. Oh, so you haven't made it to Yaddle? Because I saw a clip of Have you seen the clip of Yaddle? I saw a clip of our main whatever species that is, Yaddle. There's, there's a clip of her? There is a clip. Bryce Dallas Howard shared the clip. And it had her talking, and Andrew, I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to spoil her sound or anything, but I was, uh, I was moved by, I wasn't moved, <laughs> that's a lot, but like, I was, here's, okay, let me rack my train of thought, it's a podcast after all, and I should think about what I'm saying. I hesitate with Grogu and with Yaddle, because at this point, the only one of that species we know is Yoda. And Yoda speaks in a specific way, and he's strong in the, in the force. And if Yaddle was in the Pentamenus, I know, I don't know. But Yaddle never spoke. And so we don't know what their, their species is called, and we don't know if that's their dialect, right? right. Those are like two of the things that we aren't sure of. So I was a little weary going in, like, because if we get, you know, because they kind of let Yaddle kind of die, like just kind of like disappear. And I get weary, like, if we start to throw too many of these species into Star Wars, we're going to need to get more answers. And I don't think we're ever going to be happy with the answers that we get. So it's a little bit concerned. Anyway, I'm going to play the clip. I, I won't spoil it if you don't want me to spoil it. Not that the clip itself was not spoilery, but obviously the way she talks is evident in there. Like, whether that's Yoda speak or typical speak, you get, you get Yaddle's dialogue. You know, that's the main thing that I was concerned is the wrong word. I wasn't concerned, but that's the one thing that was on my mind ever since we learned we were getting Yaddle because I'm like, okay, we heard Bryce is voicing her. So we know she's going to talk. So this is going to answer that question being, does Yoda 
is he a unique guy who's just you know talking the way he talks because he's old and wise and he messes with everybody or is that just how these species speak uh and if so you know we know what to expect when grogu ever opens his mouth but if yaddle is speaking in this obviously he's going to answer that question you're right i think if we get too far into the weeds with this species people are going to be upset so i don't want them to venture too far but i am curious to know if she talks backwards and i am also curious to know if she kind of has a little bit of frog in her throat <laughs> because if she does like bryce dallas howard herself has a normal beautiful clear pristine woman's voice so if she's just using her regular voice does that mean like you know josh hartnett could voice grogu and he just sounds like an american guy because i don't know if i would be down for that josh hartnett of all <laughs> the actors you went for an actor who like hasn't acted in 20 years you're like you know what halloween h2o 40 days of 40 nights these are movies that need respect well yeah of course halloween h2o is on everybody's mind right now so it only really makes sense but like i don't know that's another thing the backwards talking is something that's on everybody's mind but another thing is if Grogu starts talking and he just sounds like a guy who could be from you know northern california is that going to take away the magic a little bit yeah so i have a question for you so which would you prefer a regular speech or yoda speech because then again like you said like yoda is he wise is it magical is it just him so if you because you haven't you obviously don't know what she sounds like and i do uh what would you what would be your preference I think my preference would be, first of all, I want them all to be kind of froggy. I don't want them to speak like in a clear American accent. And I think it's not a huge preference, but I think it would be kind of cool if they were all backwards talking. Just to shake things up a little bit. Interesting. Because I, I will I, I, the one thing I will, I will add to this as like an asterisk that the reason why I think that would be a little bit cooler is remember a couple months ago, I kind of went on a rant about how I'm just, I'm not really feeling the novels anymore. Oh, I remember we did a whole video. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of reasons, a lot of reasons come to, to the, the forefront of like the novel thing. But one of the things that irks me about the novels is there's a, a very simple thing when it comes to writing, which is narrative voice. And, you know, there's the way that the, the narration flows and the way it speaks. But the characters in all those novels have a very copy-pasted narrative voice. No matter who's writing the books, every character in every Star Wars book sounds like a millennial. Everyone. Uh, and it, it gets a little tiresome. It's, it, it just sounds like a 20-year-old a from you know Manhattan is playing every character and they're not putting any pizzazz on it. It's, it's like, crazy. behold, I've totally seen the future. The Force rocks. I have all the Force. Uh, and it's just like, eh, You enough. say that, and that, that was my first, when, we, when I saw The Force Awakens for the very first time, Kylo Ren mentions that line about Han Solo being like a deadbeat dad. Uh -huh. And I had I had a very, a very very similar reaction to that line. I was like, Ugh. like, and it wasn't because like I had nothing against the character in that way. It's just the way he he says it. It, sound, it felt like like a '90s movie, like Free or something. You know what I mean? Like I was like, uh -huh. like I'm not into Star Wars for the deadbeat dad topics. You know, like that. Say that for your Spielberg movies. It's great. <laughs> like, there's a time and a place. I just, 
And it was just the way it happened and everything. I was like, ah, we're, we're doing that. Everything's fine. Like, that's how it, so I, I totally understand what you're saying. Not everybody hates me because of my, my hatred for the Force Awakens. That's right. <laughs> there's a few things in the Force Awakens that I, 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 I and look, there's a few things in almost every Star Wars. Maybe not the original, the original trilogy gets a pass because it's the original trilogy, but you know, in every Star Wars since there's been something in every movie that I haven't liked, I would imagine. If I sat down five of it, and the Force Awakens, that is that's one of I would say two things that that uh, I don't enjoy. And it's very like I call that movie a donut, and you know I love me some donuts, so that's one of two things. But I know what you're saying because I felt like that felt like more modern, right? Because I know there's a huge thing, Andrew, right now where people are debating like um, Star Wars should be timeless and it's not about politics, and everybody's like, well, George Lucas said it's the Empire was Vietnam and better. Right, like you know, and, and everyone wants to bring that up to like Joseph Campbell. Like those are the two things that everyone. The minute you put that, you're like, oh, you know, Star Wars. It's like the the thing with Star Wars is it is is it it is um there, there is kind of like the political message, but it's also a timeless political message because yeah. the same crap has happened in history over and over and over again. And for me, that just and what you're saying with that stuff is there's a way to write stuff that feels a little bit more timeless. And sometimes I think. Um, because there's so much of this out there, right? There's just, there's, there's so much uh, Star Wars material now, and like there's 900 authors writing Star Wars, uh, that, that can get lost once in a while. Yeah, and I think what these people need to remember is politics kind of are timeless. Um, we That's all want to thing. fight oppression. Every time there's oppression throughout history, we've all wanted to fight it. it it's, it's not a matter of don't being political. It's a matter of universal themes and universal uh, story structure. It's the characters uh, are also, they have to be timeless. And that's where the books lose me because even in the High Republic, there are wise old Jedi masters in the High Republic books who talk like, I swear, they're two seconds away from checking their Instagram profile every time they open their mouth. I'm just like, what's going on? Like, why are... I don't understand. That's why the books are, um, they're slowly um, leaving them behind. And that's why I would think it would be kind of cool if Yaddle and her folk could kind of uh, bring some of that magic back by talking backwards. Um, but at least we are seeing some great examples of timeless political oppression and all that fun stuff. Oppression, fun. In Andor, because Andor is just rocking it every single week, James. We are now on week eight. Of Andor? I, yeah. Oh my every time I think about how much we still have left of Andor, it makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, I'm trying don't get it wrong. I'm glad it's not over this week. Mm -hmm. like, I'm glad today wasn't the last one, but I'm also like, man, there's only four to go. Yeah. And, and then you know, season two, I, I think they start shooting it like now, like they're already shooting season two or they're about to start in November. Like so at least they have that and it's not the Lord of the Rings again, where they're like, it's five seasons, but we're gonna shoot them when we feel like it. Yeah, it's like now if you know what's happening, just make it happen. Make me, James, happy. I'm the one you need to get That's the reason. It, 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 it is, but um Anyway, let's go on to this week's Android a little bit. We gotta talk about this and we gotta talk about uh, Kathleen Kennedy not being allowed to announce anything mm. Star Wars, because I I really wanna dig into that for a little bit. But Andrew this week, I, Andrew, I was not I was expecting 
Okay, sorry, I'm, I'm hijacking the show. Yeah. Go ahead. All right, and or this week, um, there's a few things I want to discuss, but one, I was like, this week is going to be a bridge. Ep- like, last week was a bridge. This one will probably be a bridge. This was a bridge episode, but it was probably the strongest episode of the season in regards to story and and setup and and everything. Like, it was just, it was so well crafted, this episode. I, I thought it was the strongest one, like, and I have loved every single one. I'm not saying that like the other ones were weak or whatever. Uh, this is a Twitter. I just thought that this one, like the way it set everything up, and it was showing you the empire, showing you the imprisonment, showing you the ramifications of the rebellion, juxtaposing you know Mon Mothma's imprisonment with it's like essential imprisonment with Cassandra actually in prison. It just like it was firing on all cylinders, and I was I was just. I'm just like, this is Star Wars, and it's exceeding my expectation for Star Wars. I don't know if I have a favorite episode of the show yet. And I don't, I, I'm not saying, I don't think it was my, did I say favorite? I think no, you just, you, I think you just said it was like the yeah. the most. Uh, I think it was the strongest. The strongest. But, yeah. but, but, but to that point, you need the other ones for this one to be the strongest. But I, I just think like, it, it, and I think that's a testament to the show, though, is that this yes. was, that was that good because of the other one. Like anyway, it's just the end. Yeah, I know. I don't know if I have a favorite myself, and I don't know if it would be this. But I love what this one did in the way that it took. Uh, this show was a real slow build up, a great build up, but it was a slow build up of all these moving pieces, and this was sort of our first look at all these disparate pieces slowly coming to the same point, whether it's Cyril Karn meeting the Imperial lady, whose name I don't remember from the ISB, and she kind of uh, gets the information out of him, and they exchange information, and they learn things from each other, and seeing... Sorry, go ahead. And then you're like, oh, the team-up's happening, and she's like, don't ever do this! Yeah. It's so good! Yeah, you think it's a team of, but then you remember, yeah, she's the Empire. They don't like to make friends. Uh, and then the three characters who all orbit Andor, but we've never seen them together, which is um, Marva, Bix, and Brasso, uh, all meeting up in, in Marva's place. And she's cold. She's always cold. It must be just super cold on, on Ferrix. And uh, Bix and Brasso know that this is bad news, and Cassie doesn't come home in like a month or whatever. And you can tell... Something's going to happen with that group. Uh, am I saying I would be on cloud nine if uh, they team up and the droid comes with them and they get on a ship and they go off and try to find Andor? Yes, I would be. Uh, but would I be disappointed feel if like that didn't happen? No. Because it doesn't feel like this is the kind of show that's going to give you that. It feels right. like it's the, kind of sh- it's the kind of show that's going to lead you in that direction. And then when it gets there, it's going to be like, yeah, no, no. Exactly. Like, and that's when I mean, like the team up. I, think I was like, oh, they're going to team up. They're going. To, oh, his endgame is actually he's just a hardcore rebellion. No, no, <laughs> he's like uh, it was just everything they do. It, it, but the thing is, it's everything. You feel like it's going in one direction, and it flips that direction on you. But it, it does it in a justifiable way that you can tell is calculated and with a purpose, and they're not just doing it to throw the rug out from under you. 
they're doing it because this is where the story's heading. And that's what makes these twists and turns so intriguing, is you believe them, and you buy into them, and there's a purpose to all of them. Yeah. Uh, and I think this was, speaking of having a purpose and a plan, I think this was the first episode, maybe, that Tony Gilroy didn't write. There was a different writer. Um, I know, so, yeah. But you uh, you can feel the difference he knowing that there is a big um, that there's a big plan here that Tony Gilroy has this plan. Yeah. And you can feel the difference in a show that is planned versus other ones where it was a little bit more scattered. Um, and this is supposed to be another sort of chunk of three episodes that are connected, like the heist and like the first three. So I wouldn't be surprised if Cassian's still got a couple more episodes left in this prison. And what I love is, yes, we all know he's going to be fine. But we have no idea how he's breaking out of his prison. We have no clue. Well, he's met, he's met somebody else from Rogue One now. Yes! My boy Melshi. Yeah, Melshi's there in prison. It's just, it's just so... That's the thing, like, he might be in that prison until episode 12. But... And I wouldn't put it past the show. Like, mm-hmm. and, and to be honest with you, I'm okay with that because Andy Circus is like Andy Circus, and we kind of talked about this. I've heard about this with Brock as well. He's like this actor that I don't think I heard of before Lord of the Rings. Um, well, I, I know I did it. I might have seen him in something. I have no idea. But Lord of the Rings was honestly where I first figured him out, and most people did. And he was motion capture. And he kept doing his motion capture and the NBA and all that stuff. And then for me, I thought he absolutely crushed it in Black Panther. Um, but he really was kind of underused. I mean, I know he's in uh, Winter Soldier. There's like that first Civil War. He's in one of those two. But like cameo, right? Like barely anything. Yeah, he's an Ultron for like four minutes. Oh, it's Ultron. Okay, yeah. yeah. He's in one of them. He's in one of them. So I know he's in, he's in one for like a second. And it was fine. He was fine. Uh, but he was great in Black Panther, but I thought he was like, you know, underused and under, I mean, he wasn't underused, but I didn't like the character's ending, let's say. How about that? And and only because I didn't because he was so good in it. And then right. he was, you know, and he was, he's Alfred, but he's very subdued and he's fine that. He's so good in this episode though. He is he's so good that when he starts telling Cassian what to do, I feel like I need to listen to. Like, yes, Andy, whatever you say, uh, I'll help you make your giant metal crossbars. But I don't know what they're making, but I, I guess I should help because I don't want Andy to yell at me. I, I feel like he's like, as like an actor, though, he really uh, has been underutilized by Hollywood. Because yes. like, he's, he's like, I guess this character is similar to his Black Panther character. And that they're both kind of like tough guys, I guess. But they're very different. And then there's um like and then, but he's great as, in his four seconds as Alfred. Right? <laughs> but and but he's so different. Like he's just he's he could be such a great character actor. And I think the motion capture aspect, which he's great at and he has his own company and everything, I think that's kind of like taken away from that so many great Andy performances in this past twenty years since Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's and a really good point. They don't. Uh, they don't cast him in, in as much as they should. And how great was it that he's cast in this movie, and, or the show, and you didn't know until he showed up? Isn't that beautiful? Right. I had. I didn't know until he showed. I was like, oh my gosh! Is that like? 
the best, right? Just yeah. the best that we had no idea. We need to go back to that for all the blockbusters from now on. Just give us as little information as possible and just let us have these fun moments when we watch it and be like, oh my God, it's Sterling Holloway. He's in this now. Yay. Yeah, I completely agree. Because like, how much better is The Mandalorian season two if you don't know Cobb Vance is in it? Or you don't right. know that or you don't know that um, that Bo Katan's in it or Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka. Like how much better was Grogu when you didn't know that Grogu was even it even existed? You know what I mean? Like Exactly. It's it makes everything so much stronger. But for some reason we're like afraid. Uh, like studios are afraid to not have these spoilers, partially because they want us to be spoiled because and I think this goes back at me too. Uh, same type of thing is I saw there was like an interview with Robert Zemeckis, I think it was like twenty five years ago when what lies beneath remember the movie What Lies Beneath the Yeah. Star Wars is Harrison Ford and, and Batman Returns with Michelle Fight. That movie had a twist in it, and the twist was in a trailer for that movie. Oh. And somebody questions the mechanism, he goes, well, audiences want to be real, like they want to be spoiled. Like they want to know what they're seeing before they see it. And I hate that. I absolutely mm -hmm. hate it. But I think he's, I honestly think he's, I think he's, he's, he's accurate. I think a lot of people want to know what's going on. I think, I think I'm, I'm going to spoil Black Adam. Have you seen Black Adam? No, but I mean, they didn't do any work trying to keep that secret. No, but the producer was mad that it got leaked. But the thing is, why did it get leaked? The Rock basically leaked it right away. Mm -hmm. Because people want to know. They want to be like, oh, this is happening. I'm going to go see it. And that's something that you know, maybe Marvel at first didn't have to worry about. But now I think things are leaking with Marvel. You know? And I, I think a lot of these leaks are calculated. Rock's always said that. And I don't know if I ever, if I always believe them, but I'm. I definitely do now. I think the leaks are calculated. And it all has to do with that interview. It's the same thing with that interview with Zemeckis 20-something years ago. And people don't want to be surprised. They want to know what they're getting. They want to know when they buy that ticket or subscription to Disney Plus, they want to know that they're going to get X, X, and Y. And they don't, you know, they don't care about being shocked anymore. And, and I think that's and, and it's twofold, too, Andy, because on one hand, you have that, where they spoil everything, and then on the other hand, you have J.J. Abrams' Mystery Box, where he hides Kubrick's paradigm from you for no specific reason. Other than, yeah. we gotta hide, you know what I mean? It's like, who's Miles Canada? We're gonna hide. Like, it's like, but there's no purpose to that anymore. And so it's, it's, it goes twofold. Yeah, that is a, clearly an example of, of an extreme over another. I. I miss uh, I miss being surprised by stuff. That's why that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed Halloween Ends more than most people. Even though I still wouldn't say I loved Halloween Ends, um, I enjoyed it because I was pleasantly surprised with a lot of the risks they took, uh, and it was nice not knowing a damn thing going into that movie. And I'm sure there were people who went into it looking a bunch of stuff up. I don't know if there was any stuff that got leaked, but uh, I, I'm curious if anybody who knew going into it what they were going to expect. I'm I, curious how they felt. I saw a lot of leaks on it from my digital charcuterie stuff. I, not on purpose. I didn't want to, but I just I did know that Michael Myers was basically a cameo in it. It was 
There's a lot of rumors on whether he was bailed. I haven't seen it, and, and we haven't actually talked about specifics of this movie too, too much. But I did I did know the going I did know I think uh, in the summer or the spring that word was that Michael Myers was like barely gonna be in it. And right. And that and that is for side act part now. But that goes into what you're saying about like Halloween three season of the witch and what I said, it's like the Halloween franchise, if they wanted to make it uh, what you want it to be, it it doesn't uh, it doesn't work because when you put Michael Myers in the sequel, that's what people suspect. That's what people expect it to be. Is uh, is a movie about Michael Myers? The Halloween is more about Michael Myers than about Halloween. That's and that's they've done that to themselves. Basically, like the yeah, I think when in the in the case of Season of the Witch, that was their their opportunity to do it, and it just didn't work. Because uh, they, plain and simple, they killed Michael in Halloween 2. And then John Carpenter is like, he's dead. I'm not touching him again. Um, and so if it didn't work then, it was definitely not going to work now, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. Like now we're 40 years later. Mm -hmm. so of course, it's not going to at, at this point, we've had Busta Rhymes fight him, so it's like we are beyond neck deep yeah. in Michael Myers. Um, but the andor of it all, not knowing we were getting Andy Circus, not knowing Sorry. we were getting Melshi either, we didn't know Melshi was coming back. We knew uh, Saw Guerrera, and we knew Saw Guerrera, that's it. And what was cool is we knew Saw Guerrera. So therefore, when he showed up finally this week, he showed up to no fanfare. Like they didn't do like a big reveal shot of him. Like he's literally just sitting. We get him inside profile, I think over the shoulder, Stalin Skarsgård. Like it wasn't a big deal when he arrived. And I thought that was a cool, almost like a little dig at that. It's like, yeah, you know he's coming. Why are we going to make it a big deal if you know he's coming? But look, I, I do want to talk about this a little bit because um, – a lot of people who love this show and like Star Wars needs to be like this. And there are a lot of people who don't really like the show and they're like, this isn't Star Wars, it doesn't have enough Star Wars elements to it, blah, blah, blah. And I don't disagree with either side. I think this show is phenomenal. I think it's 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 really done a great job in every respect, every way. Um, that being said, I think you know we need to remember that. You know, The Mandalorian was a great show. Yeah. It was a very, very different show. I don't even know if we can compare them. But The Mandalorian was a great show. And The Mandalorian embraced Star Wars on all cylinders. And I think this one does. And I know, but there, I've seen people complain like, oh, but there's no, there's no Jedi, there's no this and that. And my one thing that I've always kind of said is, well, when you take that aspect out of it, like, what makes it Star Wars versus versus science fiction, and I think this show is really straddling that line. Like, it, it, like you know, there's Imperials, and now there's Stormtroopers. Other than that, there's not much Star Wars to go on in this show. Like, you know, Sagrera, all that stuff aside, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and so I, I think one thing you have to remember is, as great as this show is, or as much as you don't like this show, it's definitely not, I don't think this is the gold standard of Star Wars. And I mean that with all due respect on everything, because I think it's, I think it's, well, I'm not, I said this last week, I'm going to see how it plays out and how it ends. 
right now, I mean, episodes in, it's probably the strongest Star Wars we've gotten since like Empire Strikes Back. Like it's just fucking, like, it's just strong. Right? Yeah. But I gotta wait till the end. Can't, I can't judge a book by its first eight pages. You gotta wait till it's end over. But also, if it doesn't fully embrace and play in the Star Wars uh, sandbox. I'm, I'm not sure how, as a Star Wars show or Star Wars movie, whatever, I'm not sure yet how I fully feel about it as Star Wars. As its own thing in the Star Wars universe, I love it, like, whatever. But And, they, and look, when they brought two tubes in, they brought Sonic Rare, maybe they're slowly getting towards that. But until they hit that part, I don't know how I can try to figure out how to word it, because I love the show. Like, I'm just saying it's probably the best one we've got it. But also, it's staying away from stuff that makes Star Wars Star Wars. So what, like, it, like, does that make it stronger, or does that actually weaken it in the long run because you're not embracing the galaxy that you have as a whole? That being said, one of my favorite books that I never talked about because I forgot about it because it's been seven years since it came out was Battlefront's Twilight Company, and that was basically this show <laughs> with with some more aliens. Right. I think I'm on the exact same page as you here. Um, it's probably That's one of the great. best things they've given us, like it, just in terms of quality and how smart it is and how good it's written. Um, but there's, I mean, for one thing, I've talked about this before, a few more aliens would be nice. We, we, we have like a couple hundred people in this prison now. Can one of them be an alien? Can like yeah. one guy at the table be a Rodian or something? Um, yeah, like I was totally cool with no aliens when we were just seeing like Imperials and like that one planet. Mm -hmm. Because it's like fine. But now it's like maybe the prison should have more aliens because the Empire hate the Emperor Palpatine hated aliens, right? Right. Like maybe, maybe it would I don't know. I, yeah, I I, I think it's, the thing is, the, I don't know how you feel about this though, is it actually when I'm watching it, has rarely, and it did once or twice, but has rarely taken away from the show for me. And that's that's the weird thing is like, it really takes away. There was a couple times this week where I was like, oh, there could be an alien here. But for the most part, it goes unnoticed. Right, because you're too busy having fun at how great the show is and what a good job it's doing of telling a story. So And it looks so good. It looks beautiful. So it's not a question of, or rather, it's not a matter of, uh, without aliens, the show is bad, and it's not embracing the, the the Star Wars fun. It's just a question of like, is there a a reason behind this? Um, and if the reason is just we want to look more adult and mature by just having humans, I think that's kind of misguided. I get that the Gilroys are more serious adult writers, but but it's not yeah, it's Star Wars. You can't wave that serious adult flag 100% of the time in this galaxy. It just doesn't fit. Um, and to be fair, they have had their, like, like B2 emo, mm -hmm. which kind of looks more like a Doctor Who type alien, like a Star Wars droid. droid. But, like, they're having fun with that character. There are characters having fun. The K2SO droid, those people yeah. that showed up. It's like there are... They they are I mean I like to see like a pow show up but they are keeping it in like that Rogue One because we did see that snowman uh, alien in the background of Saw's partisan camp 
Oh, uh, I missed that. Cool. Oh, I did not because the partisans. <laughs> now, one of our things on Patreon is partisans because that group, like Saw's group, was that thing. Now, I don't even think that's part of this group of Rob but you watch around Rob those aliens are some of my favorites. Like, yeah. Choo -choo, you know how I feel about tutus. Yes. <laughs> Give me all the tutus we got. <laughs> but, like, so, so I, I, can't, I kept my eye out for that. That's like the only. And look, I have, I've only watched this episode like once, and I, I couldn't really pay full attention to it, even to be honest with you. Like, I was trying really hard, but I gotta go back and rewatch it. But I did, I noticed that was one thing I didn't notice, and I noticed like the little things like that. And, and so, the, the thing I will say at this point that they're aware of the aliens, and they have the aliens there when they need them, but just not throwing them in our face. Um, but then, but so which could, which works, but also to the counter is. Don't let that take away when you watch Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, you know, that universe. When they, when they throw them in your face, don't hate on it. Um, right. I, think embrace, I, think, I think there's a time and place to embrace both of them. I think you have to remember that Andor works in the Rogue One storyline of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Mando, Ahsoka, all that works in the Clone Wars storyline. Um, of Star Wars, and they're two different storylines of Star Wars, and they're both within the same thing. And and in Canada, we're going to have snow in like a couple months, and in Florida, they're going to be on beaches because they're jerks. So you know things are different wherever you are, and you just I mean just embracing them both is is really the key here. But freaking enjoy it while you can, because this is just quality. Exactly, we can't overlook how just the amount of quality they're giving us. And who knows, maybe it is building up to, you know, the closer Andor gets to the Rebellion, um, maybe we meet some more aliens. There's plenty of Twi'leks in the Rebellion. There's plenty of Celestins. Maybe we'll see a Bothan, right? Like, we, maybe we're just working our way towards that world and it's going to open up more. Um, Andor is a very close-minded character right now. He's just kind of thinking of his own survival. So yeah. maybe once he kind of opens his mind, and looks at what's happening in the galaxy at large and kind of takes that in, maybe the show will thematically catch up and match that. And that would be a beautiful way to do it. I, I want to talk, we're running out of time, but I do want to talk about something to do with this episode. Mm -hmm. Mon Mothma's husband. Again, I couldn't, I wasn't, I couldn't fully like dive into it, all right? It just, right. you know, I haven't fully dived in. What's the deal with her husband? Is he on her side now? Like, I can't figure him out. Like, he knows what she's doing? I wouldn't be surprised. No, I don't think he knows what she's doing. I wouldn't be surprised if he is trying to do something similar, maybe even with the daughter, and they haven't told her, they haven't told Mon Mothma, because they don't know if they can trust her. I think that would be a really cool kind of situation where they're both opposing Palpatine, but he, Palpatine has created such a, a uh, state of fear that this family is split down the middle. They don't realize that they can actually trust each other. Mm. That'd be yeah, I, 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 feel like like, I feel like Tay, is the name Tay or Tail or the Chandrilla guy? The banker? Oh. Yeah, something's up with him. Mm -hmm. That's not good. I get maybe, but but like the husband kind of like switched on me this week. And I'm like, is he like, is 
is he in on this? Like, like is he not who we think he is? Which would be great. Um, yeah, because they're they're playing him to be so aloof. It would be awesome if if they flipped that over. But I didn't I didn't catch anything myself this week that would make me think that Perrin is up to something. Well, now I'm upset because I was like watching like is he what like is he? I don't know. I don't know. I just know that I watch it and I go ooh ah Star Wars. I say the exact oh. same thing. All right. For work. True story. So this is when I watched it. I was on a bit of a time crunch. So I didn't watch the, uh, I watched the skip recap. All right, I hit skip recap. Uh-huh. And for the first time ever with Star Wars, I hit skip intro, which I wish I could do with Marvel because I'm Marvel intro. I know you like it. It's way too mm-hmm. long. It's longer than half the episodes of She-Hulk. <laughs> nope. I'm like, like She-Hulk, 22 episodes. I'm like, yeah, but 20 of that is the stupid Marvel logo. I'm like, I get it. You own all the movies that make a billion dollars. I get it. Anyway, I hit skip intro. And, and and I end up sorry, I skipped intro. And I end up rewinding it to the beginning of the intro. Because I never noticed that when the Star Wars characters all come on the screen, they'll do it goes, uh, the Star Wars name comes up, right? At the end. Mm-hmm. It goes to the classic yellow at the very end. The last frame is classic yellow. Ooh. And I never noticed that because I'm an idiot. But when you hit skip intro, it just takes you to the yellow Star Wars. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I was like, oh, is this like a retro episode? Are we doing a retro episode? <laughs> but it wasn't. It just, anyway. Everyone Gilroy was- actually traveled back in time to 1978 and filmed it then. Yeah, so, like, everyone listening is like, we know about it, James. We hit skip intro every week. <laughs> that, anyway, yeah, Marvel needs to let me skip the intro because I still haven't watched Chiaw because I'm like, I can't sit through that stupid Marvel. In the movie theater, it's one thing. You're like, I'm excited, yeah, get my popcorn. At home, I'm like, just get home. I'm surprised they don't let you skip that. No, it's, it's, it's like Star Wars does, and Star Wars isn't as long. Do you like the Star Wars intro? I think it's okay. It's like, I could take or leave it. It's, it's, yeah, it's fun. They need, they need to just honestly, like, just like, like, honestly, Disney, listen, look at me. Bob J. Pack, look at me. You bought 20th, 20th Century Fox. Fox fan fair. Thank you. Fox fan fair in Star Wars. I thought that was the opening to the Star Wars music when I was a kid. When I watched other movies with it, like, why are they using the Star Wars music? And then I found out that's Fox music. I didn't know that when I was like three years old and five years old. I didn't know. It was in front of Star Wars. And then you have that silence, and then it hits you. The Fox. And the Disney movies, honestly, as much as as much as I love, you know, the sequels and everything, I would be able to miss the Fox. I'll never forget how weird it was in that theater when Force Awakens started, and we're just like, oh, oh, okay, it's starting. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you need that moment. You need that. And you're like, yeah, okay, here we go. Here we go. The re-release, man, the special edition of that, when they played that in front of the prequels, when that music hits you, like this is when you cheer. And then everything goes silent for a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And then you explore it. Like, there's, it's just, there's something about the, and I, I probably sound like an old fool to the young people, but like, I don't know. It's just, there's something about that part of Star Wars that, and it's no intro. I was like, you know, the music's pretty generic. 
And the images, are, I'm actually okay with the images, but the music's pretty generic. And then yeah. it just doesn't, it doesn't have that, the fox fanfare is just like the most exciting, uplifting sound before a movie. And it is. Uh, bring it back, JPEG. They could play that fanfare before the most depressing movie. Like they could put that before like Manchester by the Sea. And you'd be like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> let's see what's going to happen. This movie is exciting. <laughs> well, JPEG's got a lot on his plate right now, James, because he's busy telling Kathleen Kennedy to stop talking about Star Wars for now. Yeah, okay. 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 So the story is the rumor, I think it's, is it, I don't know if it's like officially out or not, but the word is that he's told her to stop announcing things. I, I, and again, I'm not going to be, again, of two minds because I'm indecisive. But here's the thing, Andrew. One, that, uh, that investor call where she announced 900 projects, big mistake, right? Like, yes. Like, but that was in 2020. That was almost, it was in December 2020, almost two years ago. Nothing has been officially announced since then, Okay. We got Book of Boba Fett since then, which was not even on the that slate. It was a nice surprise right. after. But, but we we got some stuff that was announced. So on one hand, I agree with what he's saying, but on the other hand, somebody is leaking things that are in the works and not officially announced yet. And that needs to stop. Yeah. Leaks leaks need to stop, of course. Like just let them announce it. Let it be a big moment. Let it be a nice reveal. But I'm glad we're going to finally be moving into an era where hopefully the only stuff that gets announced is stuff that actually gets made. Because that was the problem. Um, and I I hate to be on this side of it because I like Kathleen Kennedy way more than I like Bob Jabeck. But I think he's right to tell her to pump the brakes on this because it's not only is it just a bummer for the fans, but it it's really it really looks unprofessional on Disney's part. Yeah, it does. And I don't know. I, I think I think there's a lot of issues at the House of Mouse right now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of I think uh, there's a lot going on there. And I think, you know, I, I've heard rumors that Feige might be out at Marvel soon on its own accord. He might want out. Um, but also I mean he's been there for what? Since the start of the MCU, and they he did Spider-Man one. Yeah, you know like he's been around Marvel stuff for a while. Maybe he wants to branch out into his own. But I also think he's getting less say. Like there was rumors that one of the there was a trailer that came out that gave away like spoilers, uh -huh. and he was not about that. He was very upset that that was mandated from Disney apparently. Hmm. Um, so I think there's some issues over at the House of Mouse. But I, I look, I think. She hasn't announced anything officially in two years. Everything else has been like nonsense, uh, like leaks that people like getting, trying to get the inside scoop. Right. Announcing stuff. And then, you know, and, and, and that might even be Disney. That might be Disney. That might be Kathleen Kennedy being like, here's like an inside scoop. Let's see how this plays out. Right? Like, mm -hmm. if you think about it, nothing has really been officially announced, I think, since the Taika IT thing, which was. Early 2020. So, like, her side of movies, Rogue Squadron was the biggest blunder of them all, I would argue. Yeah. They shot that stupid thing. Um, and I think, honestly, going forward, don't announce 
a movie until the trailer. Just show me the trailer for the movie. Yeah. Don't give me the title. And look, and now there's this Damon Lindelof uh, thing going around where it's going to be a sequel trilogy. This is what we should have done. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I, I don't care about that project. And people are like, oh, man, sequel trilogy characters are coming back. I don't care. It doesn't <laughs> exist. When I'm sitting in the theater with you, Andrew, and the credits roll on the Fox fan print list, when, that, when, it, when we're in there and I'm watching it, that's when I'll say, okay, this is a movie. But until then, I, I just, I don't care. That movie doesn't exist to me right now. I don't want to talk about that movie. I, I don't want to speculate what it could be or what it could because it is nothing at this moment. They're in like a secret writer's room, allegedly in a secret writer's room, coming up with a movie that might have sequel trilogy characters in it. Exactly. Cool. cool. Like, like, there's nothing there. But again, this, has got, like, uh, at least publicly did not or officially did not come from Kathleen Kennedy. So I, I don't know what JPEG is going on about in that respect because she hasn't said anything in two years. Yeah, maybe maybe she was about to. Maybe she was about to announce this. <laughs> Who knows? She might have been about to announce this Lindelof thing. And maybe JPEG kind of nipped it in the bud and said, you know what? They literally just approached you with a treatment let's pause let's you know let them cast it let them finish it let's give them the green light and then start shooting and then while we're shooting we can say oh yeah um it's josh hartnett is in that star wars there you go damn right you and your josh had a big question you because you do let's wrap this up let you do your like movie marathon i watched 927 movies in seven days that is exactly correct that's yeah. how you, and that's how you say it, too. You sound like you're doing, like, highways and reality. Like, we're going to do it. Anyway, <laughs> did you just watch, like, 20 Josh Hart? I don't even know if you made 20. I know that the faculty has been on a lot lately, but have you watched, like, a lot of Josh Hartman movies? What's going on? No, I haven't. The faculty was one of the ones I watched, I think, one or two marathons ago. But, no, he was just the first name that came to mind. Yeah, you know, that's what I don't get. Like, why? I, I, he, ha he hasn't been in a movie since the faculty. <laughs> oh, wait. Confirmed Josh Hartnett is going to be in Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie. It was just announced. I wouldn't believe that. Mm -hmm. He wasn't a bad actor. He wasn't the greatest. He was just fine. Well, hey, maybe he'll be in the Lando show. That hasn't seen the light of day either. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. Anyway, there's a uh, Stop announcing. Yeah, exactly. Stop announcing. It. Like, Kevin Feige... I mean... Kevin Feige, until Blade, has pretty much been flawless, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he knows uh, he knows what announcements do for the fans, mm -hmm. and he knows what fake announcements or announcements that don't amount to anything do for the company. So he knows better than to uh, shoot his gun until he knows there's a bullet in it. But I think I think Blade was his first misstep. Which is unfortunate because I'm very excited about Blade. I'm a, I'm a huge Blade fan. I love, I actually love the first two Blessed Snipe movies. Um, mm -hmm. I was really looking forward to I like the comics. I was really looking forward to Blade. But anyway, that's a topic for another show. Yeah. Uh, well, in the meantime, we have Andor to keep us company for another month. And then next year, hopefully, another 12 months. 
Uh, I doubt it. Because, you know, they're going to drop like three in the same day. But I will say this episode, as much as I liked it, before we wrap up, I will say mm -hmm. this one kind of kind of fit into my belief that there's different types of TV now. There's TV and then there's binging TV. And I think this show falls under the binging as much as, and look, I love it. I'm going to run. I'm not a binger, but I think this one falls under the binging category as does Boba Fett, Obi-Wan. I think those are more binge shows. Whereas Mandalorian, I think that's a weekly show. Yeah. Mandalorian usually ends with him flying off and being like, okay, let's go to that planet over there. They this this one and or ends like mid sentence sometimes. So <laughs> definitely a binger. <laughs> so true. So true. Oh, boy. Well, James, thank you for driving home and uh, talking about Endor with me. And hopefully uh, we can talk about... Uh, oh, are you going to uh, be listening on Thursday, October 27th, to the Infinity Rewatch Halloween special? No, I'm afraid. That's actually... Mm -hmm. um, what time? That's at 7.30. Is it live? Yes. 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, yeah, we don't mess with no mountain time here. This will probably be up after that, but let's. <laughs> oh man, you know what? I'll reschedule and make it up before so it ends right before that starts. How about that? Beautiful. Yeah. No, I am because I actually loved Werewolf by Night, so I do want to hear what you guys have to say. Um, if I can listen to it live, I will. I do have a seven-week-old, uh, so you know, she takes up most of my time. So I usually don't watch things live anymore as much as I like to. Yeah. And actually I am someone who is more into live than taped. I don't, I've discovered that over the years. Like if, if I can get on something live, I'm always preferring it live. And I don't, not that I participate or anything, but I prefer it live to the tape. But anyway, yes, Werewolf of the Night was phenomenal. I'm excited for the Guardians Christmas special. I hope Marvel continues these things because I think it's just like such a, it's a great idea. And Werewolf by Night, if you haven't seen it and you like the old monster movies, it just, it, and I talked to you about it. Like, I'm pretty critical of Marvel movies, let's be honest. And, you know, whatever. But Werewolf by Night, I was just like, I loved it. I was like, I'll watch this again and again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And that the, is I, a classic I would, already. I would say the first half is stronger than the second half, or maybe the first half is stronger than, the, or the first three, two thirds is stronger than the last third, whatever it is. Because that the opening when they're like hunting was just like I'm like I want to watch this for another hour. Like I was I was all in on that part, and then like the other half happened. I was like this is fun, but the other the first half I was it was anyway. Next week they're doing a uh, they're putting out like the or this week they're putting out the making of Werewolf by Night with Michael Giacchino, or the director of oh. the Wolf or director in the Wolf or something like that. Anyway, that's a that, that's your thing. Uh, that's over on Digital Charcuterie. Go watch that. Bye. Adios for now. Scumbag. Scumbag. You were always wolf. Rebel wolf. All right, here's Aaron. Scumbags, thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.